Today we're going to review some of some of our activities from this past week. Um, so we worked a bit on along came Betty and uh, um, a lot of the material that we talked about uh, was inspired in some way by uh, Pat Martino who passed away um, 12 days ago or something like that. And um, so earlier in the in the week, we um, talked about the some of the diminished concepts are uh, so taking a shape like this and um, changing it around. So that was something that I learned about just um, uh, reading a little bit of his instructional material as I was. Uh, researching for the uh, Sunday live talk. And then um, a video I saw of him quite a ways back, and I talked about this on the on the live talk too, is um, a similar thing with the um, augmented triads. Uh, where, you, where you could use that as sort of a, um, I, th I think the... Um, the word he uses is parent and child. So you, your your goal, let's say, is to learn um, certain certain shapes. So you use this symmetrical kind of pattern to see if you can make changes to it, and then um, and then get it going, um, get those shapes going from there. So so we had a little bit more um, of kind of shapes and things going at the beginning of the week. So, um, and then as the week progressed, we got into Along Came Betty a little bit. So um, that's a tune that he played and uh, recorded. So um, be sure to check that out. I've done a video. It's probably been a, quite a while, um, but I've done a video on that as well. Um, so, all right, well, let's kind of get started and move, uh, through, through some of the things and do a review of all that we talked about, talked about quite a lot. So, um, I'd love to find a, um, transcription or maybe just write out um his solo on that um we'll see if we can find that out find that at some point but we took a look at a uh jimmy rainey solo on it and um it's really uh good to you know transcribe or in general just kind of get an idea for what what uh, a mu particular musician plays on particular changes or particular chords, um, so that can be you know really uh, pretty pretty instructive. So it looks like we look through the whole the whole thing. So um, and it's nice just to just to you know, kind of melodically to get a sense for um, 
the shape of the lines. So that that was really um, really instructive, and um, you know, just you can take it kind of chord by chord, note by note. Um, also, taking a look at the contour of the of the lines and all that. So that was, I think, uh, Monday and Tuesday, maybe Wednesday too. Yeah, I think so. So we went over that. I think it's just one chorus of the changes there. And then we took a look at um, this past Thursday at some uh, comping patterns and things. So then that kind of ties us into, um, and we talked about um, our articulations and um, durations of tone. So here we have a long and then accented, short. So think about short versus versus long and held. And in that particular talk, we didn't work a lot on uh, chord voicings, but we did talk about that in uh, the practice ideas and concepts. And um, one of the kind of running themes that we have is uh is this idea of um, uh, creating kind of smooth voice leading so we picked a voicing type which is drop three and we um, used that to guide us and we used uh basically root position and second inversion chords. And what that does for us is when we go through a circle of fifths, like this B minor seven to the E seven, we get this, um, some of the, you might say core elements or the shell voicings. We get those two notes, the, the seven and the three, respectively, on the uh, strings uh, three and four. So what you can kind of do on the on the tune, or a tune in this case, along came Betty, 
is you can you can start you know maybe taking some of those core elements and then you could maybe add other tones above that so uh, so that's like your your core the core element of the of the uh, chord and then we're thinking about maybe some of the other notes that might sort of orbit that in a way and um, and so we can have roots or nines and and make these decisions on based based on what we want to um, have ring out. So the thing that you know we want to be able to do is be able to play these kind of chord voicings, whether they be um, drop three or drop two, or if they're uh, not drop at all. So. Um, which kind of tends to be a little bit tough to play, but if we can follow some of the, um, and be aware of where some of these tones are. Yes, let's say we have, um, um, let's go back here and let's say we have B, minor seven. This is kind of a little tough to play, but um, kind of a cool voicing. Kind of B minor nine. So right now the seven here, the flat seven is on the fourth string. The third, flat third is on the second string. So that gives me a little space in the middle of those two notes this this chord and I'm just putting a root here um, you could also you know maybe have the fifth this gets really kind of tough but but having having the awareness of where some of those tones are is kind of what we're trying to trying to get at and um, drop three and drop two chords are um, very useful for us on um, on guitar uh, because take them as a whole and say just on average they're fairly comfortable to play and they um, end up within a fairly narrow range of, of frets right like that that chord that I just played there um, you know, that's going from third fret this second string third fret this is sixth fret on the third string, seventh fret on the fourth string, 
See, that's tough to get to. Uh, and then uh, fifth string, ninth fret. Right, so this, that sounds pretty hard. So um, kind of on a practical level, some of those drop two voicings, drop three voicings are pretty uh, accessible and uh, kind of work out nicely too because um, when you're playing maybe that kind of sound maybe like gypsy jazz or maybe like um, Freddie Green style or just anything you know um, having having the fingers on contact pretty easy to mute that fifth string right with the with the finger down low there and pretty easy to mute the first string and then you have these other notes so you get kind of this really fairly stable um, string control with the with the fretting hand there so pretty useful on that level too okay so that's those are chord voicings that you can use in a lot of different contexts on this tune and other. So that's kind of the fun thing too, is that every tune that you study, you're learning like a lot of other tunes because a lot of these things come up again and again. Okay. So let's take a look at a little bit of what we did with um, some of these diminished sounds. So earlier in the week, we started with kind of ar arpeggio sounds and then decided to move one of the notes, right? So let's say we have this A flat diminished. We took this tone down a half step. We got this root position G7. Same thing here. Now we have B flat. D flat. First inversion E7. And then we move that around around the neck. If you want to take that really far, um, you can do all sorts of positions, but we did it in four different areas, uh, which is which is pretty thorough. Um, but you could certainly do these uh, combinations in, in different spots. Uh, we also looked at the half diminished, so that tone kind of goes in a different direction rather than down, like it did to G7, kind of going up. So same thing so we're getting a tone going upward
And then we're really trying to keep track of where the roots are for those. Um, and then, um, you know, I'm giving a kind of quick overview and review here, but uh, we want to think about the chord, uh, the chord that's that listed that's listed on it, and play a chord, play the sound. Um, and so those the, those levels of of um, playing and investigation are are important. So hearing it, hearing the chord, and then playing melodically with it or um, or after it. Um, that's going to help internalize, you know, so your, your ear kind of accepts uh, the note. So when you go to play somewhere um, and a keyboardist plays something or another guitarist or whoever, um, and you hear that sound, you've, you've played certain notes in that context. So... Uh, so it's sort of um, helpful in that way. It's also helpful to have a um, a reference point just sort of visually and spatially on the instrument so that you say, okay, also when I play that melody, I have a little bit of an idea of where a chord is, whether I'm playing it or not. I have an idea of what, what a shape is that's kind of near nearby. So it's helpful in that respect as well. Um, then we changed gears a little bit later in the week and we talked about um, some of the um, major sevens. So we could use these diminished chords to come up with major seven inversions too, which seems like we're pretty distant, right, from a diminished seven. It kind of is, but we just changed two notes. We're taking that same A flat diminished and just kind of coming up with really a major and the relative minor key of four. Uh, a key of uh, four, uh, five flats. Okay, and then we did this on different string combinations. Stuff like that. It's kind of cool to, you know, take some of these um, chords and just kind of get a sense for through this here. Um, if I got some slides moved around, but anyway, so we can get to these different kind of tonalities. Key of two, two flats. Um, give the key one sharp. Relative minor major. Um, just based on on that shape. You also um, 
sharps. And the relative major and minor. So pretty interesting. You know, it's a, sort of like the diminished uh, sort of sound. It's just sort of like a little window, you might say, or a passageway or sort of portal. I don't want to be too extreme about it, but um, it's just a, it's a interesting um, how, you know, we just change two notes and we visit these kind of distant um, tonalities, right? So um, uh, it's, it's kind of wild in that, in that respect. Uh, we did a little bit of a more theoretical talk on um, practice ideas and uh, concepts, and um, that was on Wednesday. I'll talk a little bit more about what we did on Monday or Monday and Tuesday. I think we did this particular talk on Wednesday. And so we got into, um, and that's what the, or did I say, so theory and fingerboard. So uh, we're going to be studying the fingerboard in a real complete and kind of thorough way and also tying it into music theory. And so we're gonna have some kind of specific theory talks. So this is one of these where we get a visual kind of representation of the chromatic scale. And um, this time just really, I, I just kind of was setting this up and talking about it, but um, some intervals there. But we we're kind of getting a visual idea of uh, symmetry in music as far as interval intervals go. So diminished seven, um, these tones are kind of evenly spaced apart. So if we draw the circle and get the chromatic tones somewhat evenly around them and then um, draw lines um, through minor thirds, just like I just played. And then back to the beginning, we get this kind of uh, square shape, this kind of very, um, you know, all sides being equal and all that. And then um, you see there on, on B7, we shift that, just that one note right back. step from C and we get B7, right? And then just how, you now it almost looks distorted when you, when you draw it, you know, so now B to D sharp is, is the longest shape, you know, this A to B is a shorter shape and they still have those two minor thirds. Um, so um, of course it's not really distorted, but you know, our, our view of, of this sort of, even, you know, even sides and a, and a box there is sort of a, a beauty to that. And then, um, you know, maybe there's some beauty in this asymmetrical one too, but uh, it kind of looks like there's something, you know, wrong with it in a way. It's like you wouldn't build a room uh, with those dimensions. But it's interesting, you know, to think about that and how that's sort of the staple of what we play is like 
the more asymmetrical kind of sound. So it's interesting that the ear, the way we perceive, you know, kind of the sound of a, a diminished is it sounds very, you know, dissonant. It feels unsettled. It feels like we want to go to something else, right? those uh so so the ear you know hearing that um it's sort of uh it's not maybe a quite as beautiful but in its own way i guess it it works that way um so another just kind of cool thing about this which we we did talk about you can you can say okay well we have four notes i'm moving on to d7 now so we have four notes from that c diminished seven Let's say uh, dropping this E flat to D, so we get come up with a D seven arpeggio. Um, we don't, you know, we can also add that back in there. We get kind of a dominant pentatonic with a flat nine, which is a really useful um, uh, scale for for playing uh, five ones especially in minor, but, but also in major. So we took, took a look at the um, dominant sevenths, and then we took a look at half diminished. So um, similar intervals that we're working with, but we're kind of pushing that note from, you know, we're looking at everything from the perspective of the diminished for this talk. So we're kind of pushing that C uh, upward rather than downward here. So we get that, um, but we're starting with this. So we get a third inversion of D sharp minor 7 flat 5. You can see it's a similar kind of shape, right, to the to the other one. Dominant sevenths. And then of course we went through four of those. And one little kind of cool thing too that you can think about um with with these um is if you're playing, let's say, let's say you're playing a two, five, and, th and this is a sort of interesting thing. I was I was thinking about this, um, you know, when I was, was reading, just read a little excerpt of that Martino. I really I really like his perspective on things, at least from what I've heard, and his playing, of course. Um, but you know, I was thinking about like the sort of a little bit opposite direction of how it, I normally think about it, um, which which you'll see what I, I mean here in a moment. So let's say we have a, a two, well, let's, why don't we use something like two, five, and C minor. So if you have a, a D minor seven flat five, and then you play D diminished, 
that helps outline that two five, right? Okay, and then you could you know keep playing that uh, diminished scale on that. Um, just like we said, like that G seven, you can play A flat diminished seven on that. Like you get the flat nine and it's rootless. Um, but you get the five and the flat seven and the third. So that's a, a real practical. So these things are really um, very practical uh, applications to them. So they they kind of on the surface seem like a little theoretical or a little bit you know different. But actually, actually one um, little exercise I've I've taken folks through from time to time. Um, is taking a taking a chord sort of reminds me of this. Um, take like a C major seven, C dominant seven, C minor seven, C minor seven five five, and then C diminished. So it's it's kind of kind of instructive to take take all that qualities is that that's one two three four and then five so you know the five basic core qualities um for that so that's pretty cool um and you could do that with all sorts of of inversions so but, but you always end up going to that same shape let's say let's say let's say we take c major first inversion uh, drop two Say dominant seven, minor seven, minor seven, flat five, and diminished. So all the all the inversions of the diminished are are all the same same shape. If you voice them the same way, you know they all end up being the same. So it's just very interesting uh, to kind of consider all that. All right, let me get back to um, uh, theory and fingerboard. And see if I can get back to, not sure if I open these up or not. Oh, I think I did, okay. I thought I kind of prepped these. Let me uh, bring these over. For you, so um, all right. So we said we also took a look at um, some position playing, and also anchored ourselves in the A flat diminished, and then compared that to some other shapes, and then we um, and then we looked at it as. Uh, Sort of a position shape uh, to play in. So we have uh, diminished and then the half diminished. So kind of comparing. And so we talked about some exercises that, that you can do. So we did that with the, um, with the half diminished. 
Um, and uh, we also did that with the dominant seven. And um, we took those all up, all kind of up the neck. So if you've heard of caged, um, so that's, this is kind of relating to that. So we have five positions. Um, and the diminished uh, pattern, it's, it's kind of hard to nail down, you know, that's it's sort of like, in a way it's like, um, it's like so easy, it's hard. I don't know if you, probably doesn't make any sense, but. So what I mean by that is like, it's hard to just say, okay, this is this position and clearly, you know, delineate. Maybe I should try to do that. That would probably be a good, uh, give a good visual. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll give that a try. I don't, I don't even know if it's really going to work, but, um, but you know, it's sort of, um, and then the other respect that it's kind of difficult is it's, it's hard, you know, for me, um, it's kind of hard to, since all of the, you know, kind of inversions and everything are so symmetrical, it's, it's just kind of hard to say, okay, this is first inversion now, because it's like, it just seems like another root position. They're all kind of so, so much the same. Um, so anyway, we kind of see how we can get to um, taking something, like I said, um, if it's if it's sort of easy-ish, you know, you could take something that, as far as chords, like I talked about, just have this one shape on the first four strings, uh, drop two, kind of voicing, right? And then so you could change it little little different ways to make it something else you know um, and and learn a lot of different chords in the process so we can apply that to arpeggios and that's why we anchored ourselves with some of these chord shapes we have this we have this uh, g7 And that can kind of anchor us. That's another thing I talked about in some of the materials that I, I read. So I was inspired in that way. Also to um, to re relay that. Okay. So um, yeah. So that's. Got uh, oh, there's there's another thing we did in um, fingerboard theory and fingerboard. Um, we talked about these pentatonic scales, um, scale shapes, and moving from one to the next. So that's another thing that I'm working on emphasizing um, in my uh, teaching is um, how things change over time. So so we have these two uh, guitar necks. 
some of these pentatonic scales to um, to um, outline some of the changes, right? So so when you go from the B minor pentatonic to the E dominant pentatonic, how uh, we get this, uh, this change here. So we can use pentatonic scales to to outline changes. So we uh, went through that. So one thing I you know re really recommend doing, in general, is uh, working on changing from from one chord to another, whether it's with with uh, arpeggios or pentatonic scales or chords. Um, whatever you're you're doing, um, and practice that that change. Practice those two things, and go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Everybody, um, well, I think that's pretty much uh, most of what we talked about um, this past week. So um, cover quite a lot. And um, I'm thinking I'm going to spend a little more time on Along Came Benny next week because it is it is a little involved. Uh, and I got a little bit into these uh, uh, diminished talks uh, early in the week. So I, that kind of consumed a bit of. Um, of time, but I'm I'm glad we did all that because I think that's really, really kind of an important um, concept. I think something that's going to help folks out. So, all right. Well, I'm going to hang out here for a minute or two, noodle around, and um, let me know if you have any uh, questions. Uh, this is part of a live stream.
Okay, so playing around there a little bit with um, Along Came Betty. I'm not sure if I'm going to do a new um, uh, melody video on that. I'll have to go back and listen to to what I did. There are certain uh, videos and things that I like to redo. Um, sound wise, mostly sound wise, but um, so so over the last what five or six years, um, you know, trying to learn how to record, trying to learn how to mix, how to master um, um, tunes and things, um, been quite quite challenging. And so some some things I um, uh, or maybe quite a lot of things I said, well, okay, this is. This is for educational purposes, so you know maybe it's not like a CD, um, but that's always kind of been the goal, you know, is try to get it to be kind of CD quality, um, sort of recording and mixing and mastering, and then also just recording the different instruments, and you know maybe some some are digital and some are human, and getting everything to feel like three or four people are in a room together playing together. It's, it's just been uh, very challenging. And then also, you know, dealing with latency and computers and um, it's hard to know where exactly everything uh, sits. But. Thanks for checking out this video. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, and I uh, hope you get a lot out of it and uh, they done well um, this week. So um, uh, usually weekends are a little tough to get uh, content out. So um, hopefully you, if you haven't watched all the videos yet, you can catch up with them uh, over the weekend. Um, but I'll, I'll definitely be back with uh, more videos on um, on Monday. Um, but in the meantime, there's the Sunday live, and then um, on the improvisation topics, we do a Saturday afternoon uh, workshop, ninety minute work workshop weekly. So we're working on uh, melodic structures right now. So. Um, some things inspired by uh, Jerry Berganzi. Hey everybody, uh, well, thanks for checking this out and I'll see you all in the next one.
If you're watching, if you're listening to the podcast edition of this uh, talk, uh, check out the description and uh, visit uh, the website at uh, fretprints.com and um, check out the YouTube channel. YouTube channel is Fretprints. Uh, thanks for listening, and I'll. Talk to you all very soon.